what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. <laughs> oh. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Alright, how's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. This one's going to be, well, a little bit longer and possibly two parts. It, it depends on how much we uh, have to talk about because a fairly decent, sh- or a fairly big show, I should say, took place on Saturday night. And so, of course, we have to talk about that. And then, of course, we have the regular show uh, with our topic this week as well. So we got a lot to, we got a lot to get through, don't we, Harris? Yeah, let's be realistic. We're not going to talk about All Out for like five minutes and then get on to the topic because we don't talk about current events for five minutes when nothing happens. We right. still find a way to just ramble on. The whole point of the so, show when we started was like, we're not talking about current events. We're just going to talk about the topic so everything sticks. And all, and then we're like, nah, we want to talk about current events. I mean, but it's never we, – we don't like recap shows. We oh, just talk no. about like things that happen that we like. You know, like we – it was meant to be like – we touch on the current events, but right. that hasn't really held up, but it's fine. No, well, and then when big things happen, we, you know, when the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and these things yeah. happen, we talk about it. Yeah. And, of course, that's now going to have to go with the AEW pay-per-views because, you know, they're smart enough. They're only, I think I think they're only going to do, like, four or five a year. What yeah. What is it, six or something I like that? I think the number so, is six. So it's like that, you know, and which is the way it should be. And yeah, uh, so it'll make it, you know, those be bigger deals. So we'll probably talk about those when they happen just because they'll be bigger deals. And at least I p- personally care way more already about AEW than I do about WWE. So, you know, there's that also. There's certainly things about it that I'm into or more into than WWE. I'm not in love with all of it. Like, oh, this is all great. and WWE all sucks. Like, I'm not really there. I'm glad they're doing it. I liked watching this show a lot. It's the little things, man. It's the little things. Dude, okay, I was going to touch on this. I I know this isn't like a super technical smart mark thing to say in reviewing a wrestling show, but the production value was awesome. Oh, yeah, it was. The other shows have been good, but there's a very real like indie vibe to them. A little bit, Like a big indie vibe, a big indie show, but it still felt like an indie show. This felt like something else. This show just looked like the real deal. Yeah. Like it was slick and there was clearly like money and talent behind it. And mm-hmm. it was different from like the cookie cutter approach WWE uses for every show in pay-per-view. Well, it's that just, was really it's cool just, they see. do, they do the little things that have pissed people off that WWE doesn't do that really has no bearing on anything. It mm-hmm. just makes it feel better such yeah. as the time limits and announcing yes. the times through the matches. It Absolutely. doesn't really matter in the long run, but it just makes it feel more real. The other thing I was going to point out, they stick their win-loss record underneath their name as they walk to the ring. Yeah, 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 They have yeah, like that's their great. singles record and their total record. Yeah. That's super interesting. Even if it doesn't really matter, it's just a nice little well, nod it's, to it's, the, like, the, apparently the kayfabe of it all. Well, apparently it is going to really matter, at least I mean, according we'll to see, them. So, I'll believe yeah. that when I see it. But I'm just saying, like, especially at this point, 
it doesn't matter that Hangman Page is two and zero. Like right. we don't need to. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter to that match or to that story, but it still was. It's just a nice touch, you know. Oh yeah, they're no, clearly totally. thinking this thing through and saying, okay, well, if this is a real athletic competition, then what would it be like? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that that is really nice. Yeah, it's that. It's obviously the little things like saying professional wrestling, just things like that are yeah. nice. Well, the little like the little video vignettes that they would have before wrestlers made their entrance. It's like not just the video packages, but I'm yeah. talking about like. Just that little like 10, 15 second teaser before the wrestlers come out that like they cut to on the full screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, what was the, I, yeah, first match when uh, Luchasaurus came out. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, like it there was. was real, <laughs> I mean, like that's a fun gimmick anyway, but it's a right. very indie riffic kind of gimmick, but they took it completely seriously and they made it feel like a big deal. It was awesome. With the production of it. And that was just super fun. That was nice to see. I wasn't expecting that on this show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and the and other little things are they use the WCW ring, which I love so much more than the WWE. I I th- I think it's bigger because W WCW used an eighteen foot ring. Uh, WWE has always used a twenty foot ring, but and I'm pretty sure this is a twenty foot ring. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. And huh. um, I but it's it's like. I don't. I mean, you've watched a decent amount of WCW now, just from episodes we've done on the show. Have you noticed that? Because the ring no, makes more. I, it makes way more of a thud mm-hmm. sound than I the WWE like loud, that. springy like psh, huh. noise. And it sounds I mean, to me, it sounds a billion times better. And I love that they use that. I love that they are using that type of ring. I never knew any of that until you just told me, so I didn't notice, but. That's interesting. I wonder mm. how much that throws you off as a performer. Yeah, just with, like I don't the know. muscle memory you have and stuff. Like I always figured a ring was a ring. No. Just because the whole point is you want to be able to do I mean, not like actually, but in terms of like the size and the dimensions, except for TNA, obviously. I just figured that makes it easier to work a match anywhere. You know well, what I mean? It, if that's it, one less variable you have well, to Well it would, about, but you also but... gotta think about places that are running in these tiny like Right, bingo right. halls. And stuff. I mean, sometimes they'll use even smaller rings than that. I mean, like sixteen foot rings or even yeah. even smaller. So WWE no, has sense. a very unique ring, and nobody uses a ring like WWE. Most most places don't use twenty foot rings, and WWE uses actual ropes for their ring ropes, not cables. They use real ropes, which nobody huh. else does. Yeah, I never knew that. Um, I remember AJ Styles talking about it because he, you know, he's only been in WWE for like four years now. Or whatever right. it is, three years, and uh, he was nervous coming in because he hadn't been in a, a WWE ring ever until the Royal Rumble when he came out there. Like he hadn't even, you know, he hadn't worked a match or anything. Right. And their rings completely different. I mean, it's right. bigger, and they use real ropes, which they they bounce differently than cables do. So right, which when is he kind was, of a big deal. So he was worried because you know, and he does all those slingshot moves and stuff. He was like, man, I hope I don't, like, just slip off this thing when I go in there. So Yeah, that would be a great way to introduce AJ Styles. <laughs> he just botches himself out of the Royal Rumble instantly. <laughs> right, like, right. Well, all right, bye. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, just, just little, it's, it's all the little things are done, like, so far pretty much perfectly in AEW. Which, again, it, it doesn't really matter overall, but, but it does matter. A little, you it know, just, a little bit. It differentiates the product. That's the yes. biggest thing. Like yes. it just, it makes it feel fresh and exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's go matches. What was your yeah. favorite match? Let's just jump right into that. 
Man, favorite match overall? I I I don't I don't know. There wasn't like one match where I was like that was my favorite match. There was like a bunch of matches I enjoyed. Um Man. Probably okay, well, prob probably the uh Probably the the tag team title ladder match with mm -hmm. the Bucks and uh, Lucha Brothers. That I, I maybe would say that, but I mean, I love I love the championship match. I liked Cody and Sean, although a lot of people didn't like that because of interference. But I still enjoyed it. Like Omega Pac was the best wrestling match on the show. I was gonna say, well, okay, now that makes me sound like a smart, like like a really smarky smart. But that was my favorite match. What is uh, Omega Pac? Oh sure, I it was match. great. No, it's fantastic. Um, I liked um, the Bucks match grew on me. Yeah, like we were we were talking about before we went on the air. I had to skip one or two matches just to make sure I could get it all in sure. by the time we recorded. But that was one that I knew I had to see because I saw some of the gifts of it and I knew it was just insane. Yeah, it was. Nice. I felt like it started out a little bit too cute, like a little too flippy. Yeah, but it just got so brutal as the match wore on that it was like, all right, all right, we got there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, but that's that's the Bucks always, and, right? And, exactly. And well, that's it's, that's it's one thing. thing that that I've had issues with the Bucks before is all of their matches. It's billion moves that mean absolutely nothing. That's right. most of their matches. Which and there's a place for it, but it also annoys me sometimes. Right. That's why ladder matches are perfect for them because you don't kick out of a million finishers because they don't have pins. So I remember watching this match and I was like, okay, this works because I, I don't have to be annoyed with them kicking out of a million finishers because they don't go for covers because it's a ladder match. So it works perfectly. That's true. And they did a great job of setting up different spots where it was like, do we want to try to go for the titles and win this match or do yeah. even more damage right now? Like they drew those lines at those moments very clearly. Yeah, and that was super fun to see that play out. Like there was that one bit, I'll remember a lot of this because I literally just watched it. Where um, I want to say it was Pentagon, where like one of yeah. them locked him in a sharpshooter, and then the other one put the ladder on top <laughs> of his head and locked in like a crossface under yeah. the ladder. That was awesome. And that it, was like, awesome. It didn't make any sense, and one of them had to climb off the ladder to do it. But they were explaining it very well and saying, "Okay, well." you're weighing the risk versus the reward and saying, well, if we do more damage now, then it'll help us in the long run. Yeah, that's versus the other... getting thrown off a ladder for the 17th time. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I'm, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that. The announcing was spectacular. It was really solid. It, it was okay, hang so... On. No, 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 no. Good it was... Hang on, hang on. Okay, I, okay. I, I want to say this. So, thoughts out. Obviously... Obviously, Jr. is one of the one of the best of all time. To me, he's not my favorite. My favorite's Tony Schiavone as play-by-play -play guys. But I mean, Jay, nobody would argue he's one of the best of all time. But lately, he's started to annoy me, Jr. a little bit. I I, I can't exactly explain why, but he just kind of has, and I haven't enjoyed him as much. And in some of the other shows he's announced for AEW so far, I haven't really enjoyed as much. This one, I thought he was great. I thought he was the best he's been so far in AEW was this show. And it's funny cuz he's not he's never really been the the one-liner guy. And, and he you know cuz he's always had King or someone else who that was kind right. of their role. But because there's kind of three play-by-play -play guy or you know Excalibur's more of a play-by-play -play guy than just color and stuff. They they have more of that. Mm -hmm. Then it's just mm -hmm. one guy doing the play-by-play, -play. so he's able to, to to say more things like that, and he was killing it 
with the one-liners. He was making me laugh the whole show. Yeah, I agree. I think commentary has got to be one of those things where the more you do it, I would think as a unit, the better yes. you get at it. And yes, I wonder that if that's was very what part apparent. of this was. I feel I, like I they agree. cut a really good balance between, yeah, JR and the rest of the crew. The thing about JR for me is, and maybe it's just because he's Southern. I know I've mentioned before, it just sounds better because he's Southern. That's but he fair. brings this gravitas to everything, like it's a real big fight, you yep. know? Mm-hmm. He explains it, and that's why I thought he was great in that Omega match. But yeah. the best thing he did all night, you talk about being the one-liner guy, I don't think this was related to anything at all, but it was incredible. I think it was during that tag team match. It might have been during the Cody match. I don't remember, but he said, boy, the crowd is just eating this up like a good barbecue sauce. <laughs> And he did like, like he didn't plug his own barbecue sauce, but obviously everyone listening knows that he has it. It was, and it was just, it was in like 10 seconds of dead air with nothing before it and nothing after. So it just really stuck out. And it was very, very funny. I think because it's Jr. and you're not expecting him to like shill for himself. Right. And also the way he delivered it almost sounded like he was just doing it on the fly, (laughs) which is even funnier. It was just, it was awesome. Yeah, the other thing I liked, and again, talking about the little things just making it feel, and again, real maybe isn't the right word, but but making it feel, for for lack of a better word, real, is he was constantly like, why is this person doing this? Like, you're you're blowing your opportunity. Like, he was calling it like you would actually call a, a real thing going on, which is one thing he's been so good at, and the one thing WWE 100% will never uh, like I I think I think like holds a gun to their announcers to tell them never ever make this seem yeah. like a real thing. And right. and so that was just so refreshing watching this show and it's just like yes, yes, you we understand that this is how wrestling works. So in the mm-hmm. fans you, you we just kind of ignore stupid decisions. A- right. And so it was kind of nice to be like, "No, go for the cover, you idiot." And I kind of enjoyed that. Oh, totally. Well, you see this occasionally in WWE, but not as often for one reason, I think, because it doesn't happen as often. But I love that when there's a botch and they are able to, like, back into why that just happened. And it wasn't these two performers messed up. It's like, oh, this is a fight and sometimes silly things happen. Right, right. Like, there was a bit I – don't, I don't remember what it was, but I think Pac dropped Omega on a suplex or something. Yeah. Like, they just fell apart. Yeah, they did. They just, they, it, was they, right they, near, they it was right near the ending – and uh, Omega went close, for yeah. a uh, Poison Rana, and then it was, like, reversed, but then or, uh, Pac was going for it, and then it was reversed, and then when Omega went, they just both collapsed, and it Yeah, did, they both happen. just fell off of each other. But JR immediately was like, yeah, you know, they've been perspiring quite a bit. They've been fighting almost 30 minutes now. They're both pretty slick, and we're just like, you didn't have to do that, but yeah. I, I appreciate that. But, but also that. with that, it's different. Like WWE, when they do it, it almost seems like they're like they're trying to cu- like they're they're excusing the behavior when it's WWE. Like they usually will just be like, "Well, I don't know what's going on here," or like stuff like that, like to try and cover it up. But with this, it just felt like. Yeah, nobody's – it felt real because whenever there was a botch, it was like, yeah, nobody's perfect. These guys are making mistakes. Like, that's right. part of it. And it's like, yes, I feel like, that's the way you should handle these things. Yeah, I agree. I think WWE, sometimes those guys will acknowledge it, but they won't try to justify it in kayfabe. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is the difference. They'll just be 
it, they'll, 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 also they'll just default to, oh, I don't know what's going on here, and Which, then they just move on. That's funny in its own way, but it doesn't really help you take the product more seriously or, like, get more engaged in the show. It yeah. is still fun. It is. Frankly, like, when Corey Graves and Michael Cole break character because somebody did something so bad in the ring, it is funny. <laughs> but it's not funny or entertaining in the same way. And I do. I appreciate their – it's – like, the whole, the whole show in AEW has this commitment to consistency, basically. Like, just there's a series of rules, like – within this kayfabe world and we're going to try to follow them as best we can that was yeah. fun uh okay so anyway let's just uh go through real quickly the matches they started off with the de facto curtain jerkers who are now socal and censored who are freaking phenomenal at that um yeah, good. and oh man that 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 was one of my favorite matches socon censored luchasaurus jungle boy and marco stunt was fantastic i personally absolutely hate the fact that they shoehorned Marco Stunt into this tag team because Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are perfect and Marco Stunt I can't stand and he has no business being there and he really, really detracts from that amazing pairing and I hate it. See, I am only barely familiar with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus as it is. Well, me so. too. I mean, they're brand new as a tag team. That just happened like a few right. months ago or whatever. But this is, like, this is one of the ones that I kind of had to hustle through in order to get to the other stuff that i knew about on the card so you're gonna have to tell me more about this one it was just but, it um, was just fun i mean these luchasaurus right. is a freaking star and, and yeah there, there's not too well, that's many that's just that's a million dollar gimmick right it is there. <laughs> but there's there's not i can't think of anyone really where i had never heard of them before and saw them for the first time and was immediately like this guy has yep. it and is amazing yep. and that happened at double or nothing in the battle yeah. royal because i and yeah. look we know about like i feel like i've at least heard of anything fairly big going on in the wrestling world even if i don't necessarily know much about it but i had never even heard the name luchasaurus before then and yeah. he came in and i was like what is this and as soon as you see him in the ring you can't it's one of those things you can't point to necessarily anything in particular and it's just the charisma coming off this guy mixed with the gimmick and everything. It was just like, this is awesome and it's fantastic. And then pairing it with jungle boy is one of those things. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. This makes perfect sense. And I, and I don't know why. And it's awesome. And it's it's so much fun. And he is so good in the ring. And I, I really, and then obviously so concentrated is just fantastic and everything they do. And so it was, it was a really fun match and a good way to start the show. Yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, so SCU got the win there. I didn't really like that everyone was just kind of happy at the end, like sportsmanship happy, because they've made a big deal with wins and losses, and if that is a big deal, you can't quite – I mean, you can have the sportsman thing, but you can't quite – anyway, that, that, that kind of was a little annoying. But it's fine. It's fine. It was the first match. Um, then there was a Cracker Barrel match, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was so this much was fun. This a great match, and also – the Cracker Barrel Clash is almost insulting to the workers, just because that's a really silly thing to call but, your match. But, but it was great. Oh, it was. It was like, super like, fun. For, for a, a shill match that was like, you know, the advertising thing, it's like they have found a way to just make it, make it, I don't know why, it just works. And I enjoyed it. And I like all three of those guys. Um, Darby Allen's another, that's another guy who I didn't really, I didn't know mm. anything about until he wrestled, wrestled Cody and, and, and I liked a lot. 
And then obviously I, Joey Janelle and Jimmy Havoc have been doing this stuff for years, and they're, oh yeah, oh they're, yeah. they're great I, at that. So I, I think that towed a, a good line where it's like, all right, we're we're not going full like deathmatch in this show, but we we will go back to some hard, you know, some hardcore stuff, which rest, you know, at least mainstream wrestling has not had in several years. So it's kind of nice to have a. I mean, again, there's there's variety in AEW where there's not in WWE. And, That's and a really I, good point. Like, you have so many different types of matches on this show. And in WWE, you don't get... The, you literally only get one match, and that's it. It's yeah. all the same. They don't even do tag teams in WWE. Like, it's all the same. And well, here, times, you had so many different variations, and this was just one of them, and there's a place for it. Well, and a lot of times in WWE, too, if they do have a special match, it'll be the same special match for everyone in the card. Right. You know, like, oh, it's Hell in a Cell time, so everyone's having extreme feuds. It's not like we have your traditional championship match, and we've got the fun undercard tag team match, and we've got some hardcore stuff going on. Right. There's no balance to the menu like that. You have the good work. You know, you have the big, like, technical match. Like, there there was everything that any wrestling fan could want in this show. There was something literally for everyone. Can I say something else too? Um, no. The, <laughs> yeah, that's you a asked. good answer. The thing I love most in this match is not even like anything that technically brilliant or like a really hardcore spot. It's just the paper cut stuff. <laughs> because that, yeah, that yeah. like, because I remember what it's like watching wrestling for the first time and you see like Santino with the Cobra, like Cobra strike somebody. Yeah, you love that. And it's that perfect balance of like, this is kind of dumb, but I'm interested and I want to see more. Like you're yeah. ne- you're never gonna pin anybody by giving them a paper cut, <laughs> right? Where their two fingers meet. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's just so mean and over the top, and it does exactly what it's meant to do, which just make you go, ooh. Well, the other good, the other thing that works is the the it it immediately gives the audience something to hold on to because look. We have no idea what it feels like to take a flat back <laughs> bump in the middle of the ring. I mean, we yep. we we can kind of relate just because of falling down or something like that, but we we don't really know what it feels like to fall off the top turnbuckle onto the floor. Um, we know exactly what a paper cut in the middle of your fingers feels like, and so there's an immediate there's more of a uh, identification with that than there is with the typical stuff you see in wrestling, and that's why I thought that was so brilliant. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I didn't think about it that way, but that is exactly what it is. Like, as soon as you realize what he's about to do, you go, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other great part about that is uh, after he did it uh, uh, on the corners of his mouth, uh, yeah. JR was like, that's the first time I've ever seen anything like that. And then uh, was it uh, oh, shoot, one of them? I think I think Janela then picked Havoc up and did like a brain buster on the chair. And he's like... Well, that I have seen before, just like, and there's one of them there. And it was like the funniest, weird comment that he made that made me and my dad just both start laughing. We're like, what What are you talking about, JR? That's funny. It was, it was really funny. Uh, there, were, um, there were one or two times where somebody hit either, like, modified, you know, either RKO or Diamond Cutter. And he literally called it. That's one of those uh, out of nowhere cutters right there. <laughs> like, practically just looked at the camera and winked. That was very funny. He had a lot of yeah. great moments in this show. Yeah, you know he did. He did, as we talked about before. Um, the using the barrels was a lot of fun in that match. Uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. 
Yeah, and uh, it, uh, what a great way, because uh, they botched the ending. Um, and I remember watching Havoc set the barrel. I was like, that's way, way too far. And it was. Mm-hmm. But Janelle is so great, he just immediately just grabbed his leg. That was the only thing that hit the thing, which was like, oh, my leg, because I hit the barrel. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they were able to, you know, Havoc was able to, they, they, they then just did the finisher into the barrel, which worked right. fine. And, and that was, I that was can't fun. imagine you have too many barrel spots as a pro wrestler. That's got to be hard to work with. <laughs> yeah, it's not the norm, I don't think. So, I will uh, say, if they fun. have a hardcore title and it's just called the Cracker Barrel Championship, oh, that, I'm going to be super into that. That needs to happen, and yeah. I'm all for it. Uh, the biscuit spot uh, was great, although I really wanted the crowd to all start booing the fact that he wasted the biscuits by hitting them. <laughs> but but that that didn't happen, but um, that, that, was, that was fun. But anyway, that was a good – again, I would have never thought like an a advertise-type – gimmick match would ever work and boy it did and i'm all for more cracker barrel class matches yeah that'd be lovely so that was a lot of fun uh then there was omega pock which um i did not expect to be that or no omega pock was before the cracker barrel one that was the second yeah. match of the show oh this I, order i haven't has it wrong the thing that i'm yeah. reading but uh no the pock uh omega match was actually second which i was surprised that they put it that early in the card but that was that was the workers match and was just the the most solid technical wrestling for 20 minutes that you'll see anywhere. And I think it was just this is the thing for me. I've talked about it before on the show, but the psychology of Omega matches is always very easy for anyone to follow. It is because he has probably like the most protected finisher in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, true, all he true. has to do is hit that once and you're done. So it feels like a real big fight. And now. Frankly, I think they're in a better spot, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later on. I think the booking decisions they've made, but especially this one, John Moxley missing the show and putting Pac in instead, mm-hmm. and then giving him the win, yeah. I think is great. I think they have a really good story going on. One, within the match of like, oh, all he has to do is hit this finisher, and then he's done. Like, he's he's going to knock anyone out. He's still the best wrestler on the planet. Right. But also... He kind of knows he's the best wrestler on the planet, and he wants to fight John Moxley. He's maybe not taking this as seriously as he should be. Yeah, and even like JR, JR things, said that at the beginning of the yeah, match, too. Right. Like, they, they, they brought all that together perfectly. And, yep. like, it's kind of like we talked about before. Like, they perfectly roll into the less-than-ideal circumstances. It's not a botch. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's John Moxley missing the card. Right. But they say, okay, well, how do we fit this thing that happened into our story? And then they do it. And that was really solid. I loved, loved seeing Kenny Omega toy with him at the very beginning of the match when they're doing that thing where they run the ropes and it almost yeah. does look like a ballet <laughs> dance and Kenny is just not letting himself get touched. That was fun. It was awesome. And you could see Pac is just furious, just fuming. But he ultimately, like, he's the one who grinds him down. And, like, Kenny hits that V-trigger a few times by the end. He's got him teed up. He's got him right where he wants him. But then he locks in his sub- – what does he call it now? The, the brutalizer. Um, brutalizer. I knew it was something over the top like yeah. that. And I saw him hitting that, and I was thinking – I mean, it's the same move as like the Rings of Saturn, right? It looks exactly the same unless right. I'm missing some detail. But I thought, huh, I thought he did that. I thought that was a ground-based thing. And then I realized like that's exactly – that's an adaptation. You know, I haven't seen a lot of his matches since he left WWE. Mm-hmm. And after the match, they go, yeah, like he got him up for the one winged angel. And that's not normally how he hits it, but he made it work. And how often have we seen someone pass out 
in a well, submission finish. I feel like, match. like it, well, okay, it look, doesn't happen that much. No, no, I'm the opposite. I feel like that happens all the time now. I mean, you I watch. Like people, I mean, like, look, Samoa Joe. He always puts people to sleep. Nobody taps Joe really is anymore. Joe a good counterexample. That's true. I just forgot about that. Uh, well, it, it. I feel like it happens a little bit. A little bit too much, maybe, but it doesn't really bother me. I mean, I, I thought, just feel like I, I, thought it was I mean, fine. when he I used it, it when it was the Rings of Saturn in WWE, it was usually to get people to tap, right? Like, right. That's usually the end game. Right. That was just a variation of a finish that I haven't seen a lot in wrestling. It felt very real. It felt very MMA. Yeah, I like. And that. I loved like the backdoor win, basically. Like Omega yeah. kind of had the upper hand most of the match. Pac did one or two like kind of desperate things that did as much damage to himself as yeah. they did Omega. But then he was able to steal a win. And now we're left with Kenny Omega more pissed off, more desperate. But like he's chasing, you know, he's got to get his mojo back yeah. as we head into the TV show. And that's a story. It is. And know? man, and some of those I'm spots, man, they were just killing themselves with the yeah. with those yeah. with those dives outside. I mean, I felt like yeah. Pac's leg was gonna snap an app hitting the those guardrails like nine times. Yeah, and just dropping each other on their heads. And... I mean, Pac's German suplexes were freaking brutal. Yeah, those were rough. It was oh, it was awesome. It was it was great. It was yeah. a uh, hard. It was a perfect hard hitting like old school like wrestling match and it was right. it, it can't be done much better than that so that was that was a lot i agree of fun. i agree all right we have the uh best friends versus the dark order for the first round tournament by again we have real tag teams in this company that have been most of them have been together for a pretty significant amount of time they're not just individuals thrown together and i love that i love that we're having like a tag team tournament on the real show not as a little aside, like in WWE, where it didn't really matter for much. Um, I I enjoy that. I didn't I didn't necessarily care too much about this match. I really don't care about the Dark Order, and I don't think the crowd did either. Um, but but I mean it was fine. It was still a solid tag team match, and I like that we have stakes in tag team matches again. See, this was another one that I had to skip, so I don't I know figured. a ton about it. I saw the entrances, <laughs> and then I was like. Okay, this is cool, but like I have to be able to talk about like the Cody match and the main right. event. So I, I did see um, Orange Cassidy show up. Yeah, that was annoying. At the end. Oh no, that was hilarious. I I, I, I don't like him, but that's fine. another great Jr. moment. By the way, he goes, "Who is this guy?" And they go, "It's Orange Cassidy," and he's like, "Right, but who is that?" <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that is pretty good. I like that. Um, but Dark Order won. So they have the the, the round by. Right. Um, I didn't watch the women's match, and I honestly didn't even realize I didn't watch the women's match. I think my dad like skipped it while I went out to go do something, and I didn't even realize he had skipped mm-hmm. it. Um, but I I I I don't care. I'm sorry. I yeah. I, I also I skipped care. it. Not trying to be disrespectful to any women on the AW roster. I don't know who either of these people are. And no. again, I was on a deadline. So yeah, yeah. There was it was the one. Um, although it is interesting that for the uh, first ever women's match, we have one uh, a woman and a person who's not biologically a woman, which is interesting. So that'll be an interesting decision on AEW's part, but whatever. Uh, right. Apparently that apparently this match was good though from stuff that I've read, but yeah, I I didn't I didn't watch. There was one. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. We need to figure this out. I just realized this. They said that one of the women in that match had been wrestling since they were nine years old. Holy crap! Wow. And I really 
really it's the math doesn't line up but i really hope it's the woman that the girl that kenny omega fought <laughs> that would just be in kayfabe can we at least make that happen can she come back and like beat him up after a show and be like listen here okay that's very funny spend that's, years that's training funny. for a comeback fight give the people what they want cody book that that's that would be amazing and i'm all for it <laughs> go go check that episode out from our all out review from like a year ago check that out all right uh then we have cody and versus uh sean spears cody with mjf and sean spears with tully blancer which a bunch of people hated this match because like it was all interference and there's not it's like okay hey, that's fine look i right. like cody rhodes he's not gonna deliver a technical classic uh yeah yeah he is but he doesn't have yeah. to right well that's what i'm like not that he's incapable of doing it but not night in and night out, frankly. Not every pay-per-view. Well, you just don't have to have that in every match. And, and I agree. And they all, like you said, you know, it's all about that variety. Right, and they had that. They had a, you know, a thing with with guest spots. We see Tully Blanchard for the first time in pff, years. I haven't really seen him around a lot. Uh, he looks great. Still hit that spine buster. Oh, geez, Arn Anderson can barely move, and he can still hit that spine buster better than anybody. <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 it doesn't make any logical sense, but it was awesome. Uh, but I was impressed. Tully Blanchard, man, I feel like he could have a match. Like the guy looks great and, yeah, he and does. could move and he was taking bumps and yeah. it was awesome. Uh, I also love that like everybody and their brother thought MJF was going to turn during <laughs> or after this match. And he just did it, including a point at the end where he picks up the chair. That was my favorite part. And then he puts it back down. Well, because he put the chair up and was like sitting there and you're like, oh, here right. he goes. And then like yep. Cody turned around on him. He was like, just dropped chairs like, hey, hey. And I, and, oh, well, I love, I love that so much. I love mm-hmm. the fact that he is playing up this Cody friendship, and Cody just has no idea, even though all right. he would have to do is just watch his own show. And <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it, and I think it's so entertaining. Well, and JR, again, great moment was like, I think we all, uh, he would just he was hinting at it the whole time. He was like, I, I don't know how I feel about Cody being friends with MJF. I don't know <laughs> if any of us expect that to go well. Right. And again, I was like, oh, are they teasing something? But no, nothing happened. And I thought that even, was very there funny. There was okay. even a moment earlier where he's, like, distracting the ref, allowing, yeah. you know, Tully and Sean to, like, attack Cody. And it's, right. like, it's like these little things. It's just that they did really well. Right, right, right. And they're like, wait, did he mean to do that? Or is right. he just, was that an accident? <laughs> okay, this was this is very random, but this is the other thought that I had. I love that weird little moment where um brandy and pharaoh were walking down the hall and then ddp kind of files in and starts walking behind them and then mjf sees them and joins up like i love a good hallway montage yeah i got a real star trek vibe from it was uh, that well, intentional yeah. yes yes it was okay that's what i me? thought yes I positive i'm like am i crazy is brandy this, had the whole a... outfit of the right, that's what next I generation started it's like I just yeah i wanted to be sure okay so that was funny because yeah, I didn't realize it at first because I saw Brandy and I was like, wait, is this – oh, DDP is like the – okay, got it, got it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that just really threw me off. I was like, we're getting really weird with this, aren't we? But Yeah, but it's good. Again, I love – I also love that Pharaoh did not want to go out there and that was that was very funny. Again, they always say don't work with kids or animals and, right. and that's why because Pharaoh did not want to go out down that ramp. I would – a pharaoh heel turn is just going to be amazing one day. 
Just I, commit to that, yeah, guys. I'm for it. I'm for it. Cody versus Pharaoh. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it's going to happen at some point, probably, and it's going to be the stupidest thing ever. Look, that's the kind of nonsense that I'm here for. Like, I don't I want all of my are. wrestling to be that, but, like, some level of that. I know you are. Oh, man. All but right, anyway, so else, I, I think that match gets unjust uh, uh, hate for because I, oh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, it for what it was. Um, all right, then we add the uh, the AAA tag team title ladder match, Woo! which was a lot of fun, man. I mean, Woo! you have two of the best in the business right now with the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers, and they just put on a, a tag team ladder match classic. And it was, I love- oh my gosh, there was so, like, it, there was at least nine times I was like, they're dead. He's dead. They're, they're, he is dead. Yep. He's complete. When when Matt when freaking Nick Jackson fell off the ladder, tripped on the rope, and then just slammed yeah. into only one of the tables, and his head hit the side of the other table, I was like, he is he's he's dead. He will never was... he'll he will never anything again. He's he's gone. Go check him. Ring the bell. The man's dead. And but again, I, I, oh they... man, that was one of the most brutal spots I've seen in a while. But again, they immediately lean into it. Like they start pointing out hey yeah look you can tell his ro- his his feet hit the ropes right, right here and he didn't like he cracked his head pretty good and this is like absolutely a handicap match now right because right. he's dead like they they handled that so well i also mm-hmm. love the spot not brutal but just like oh okay where he just pulled pentagon's mask off yes that was good too that was awesome that, that was, was really super awesome. fun because yeah. I just didn't think that was going to happen. Because normally when you do that, like, it's not like I've never seen that happen, but it's usually a very drawn-out thing, and it's played up, you know? Yeah, it's usually a, it's in a, a big, like, yeah, a big moment that's built. It's like, yeah. no, why would you just not pull the mask off to get an advantage, like, in well, the middle of Well, especially because his mask has always looked very loose to me, compared mm-hmm. to someone like Rey Mysterio, who's got right. it all tied up. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, no, that actually makes more sense, and I'm shocked that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Got to tie that together. Man. I would love if they have another match and you see them come down and he just has the bottom of his mask like tied up next time they Super wrestle. Tight. I think that would yeah. be hilarious. It would. It would also be kind of a good little attention to detail. You right. Know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was fun. And then, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Lucha Brothers win. They keep the titles. And then um, we have interference coming out with. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, who I had no idea who they were when they came in, and then I was like, "Oh, that's oh, okay. That's the new version of LAX." Yeah, to me, LAX. Yeah. I still think of Homicide and um, Hernandez, but I know they haven't been LAX in a while. I know it's been these other guys. So I re- afterwards, when I was like, when it was like LAX, I was like, "Oh, okay, got it." But at, when they pulled their mask off, I was like, "I have no idea who these guys are." <laughs> I, I don't know a lot about them other than the name anyway. Right, so right. Yeah, I was just, I, could, I was like, all right, this is the new like whatever. It's it's fine. But, but I'm all, another tag team. Much. I'm all for it. So uh, yeah, that's fine. So that was that was fine. Um, and then uh right then then uh, then we had the main event, which I'm not gonna lie, I I watched the whole match, but I definitely tuned out a couple of times because it was four thirty in the morning. And <laughs> I mean, me and my dad started this at like 1 a.m. Right. Uh, after it was done because we had other stuff going on. And I was like, I want to get this done now because if I don't watch it now, I won't have watched it for the show or to record. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know when I'll get to it. So I need to just watch it now. Um, <clears throat> so I was a little I was I was running on fumes by the time this match came around. Um, 
but I mean, I I enjoyed it. I thought they told a good story. I mean, you got two good, you know, obviously you got two really good competitors there. The young guy, the old guy, Jericho yeah. with the more experience, Hangman making some mistakes because he's less experienced. They told that yeah. story very well. Jericho being maybe looking over the young guy a few times that mm-hmm. worked pretty it, it was just it was a very g- well told story this match was and it was exactly what you needed for the title match i thought um i was i was truly curious as to what they were going to do cuz to me the options were kind of weird you either have the uh Brock Lesnar really old established WWE guy would you really want that to be your first champion of this new different company or right. do you want this young guy who maybe isn't quite there to lead the company yet but maybe is or do you want him to be the first you know it, so it was an interesting right. dynamic where I'm like I really don't know what they're gonna do I was leaning towards Jericho but I still didn't quite know um yeah and and then I mean but ultimately I mean it makes sense even though it's kind of is them like basically negating everything they've talked about by giving Jericho the title it still makes sense when you're going on TV you want the biggest name right. in your company to be there starting off so I mean so I it makes sense and I'm, right. I mean I'm and fine with it that's exactly what I was going to say I think it's the right call I think it is a little weird to a point that it's Jericho especially because here's like Obviously, Jericho is one of the greatest, but like he's to the point where he cannot work as well as he used no, to. No, no, he, he does a lot more, br- and he's adapted his move set well. Yes, he he's smart that. enough like, to know it. Right, it fits his character well, but still, it, it's a little bit weird when you know that there's somebody like Kenny Omega already in the company who can outwork him, and yeah. he's not going to be the champion. But here's the thing. Everything that they're doing at this point, they're doing thinking about debuting the TV show. And that's why it's the right call. And this goes back to what I said earlier. Like, everyone is looking forward to Kenny Omega, John Moxley. Like, it's going to be awesome. And if if you've had the first big blow-off match before you even go to television, like, you kind of rob the audience of the build that that deserves. Like, everything that happened to this show is setting up the next six months probably of AEW television mm-hmm. and it's in a really good spot right now because again like what was never going to happen is you start the first ever tv show and your top baby face is already holding the title right when like i feel like the general consensus from fans is like yeah he's pretty good okay yeah you want him to be white hot mm-hmm. you know what i mean i agree i i'm not it's a weird moment now but Jericho's going to heal it up so well, and that moment when it comes is going to be so much bigger later yep. that it's fine. You know I, what I mean? This is this is the other thing I was going to say. It's a very NXT thing to do. Like, you've got the hot guy who's clearly going to be the guy, like a top babyface. He's young. He's up and coming. They clearly like him. Go ahead and put him in the title match and have him lose. That's fine because mm-hmm. it's all about the climb. It's all about the chase. So – the next time he fights Jericho for the title, you're going to get to talk about how he couldn't hack it. And Jericho's going to say, he can never hack it because I'm better than him. And he'll be like, no, because I've grown a lot and I've learned a lot and I'm better now. That's way more interesting than if he just wins it the right. first time. You know what I mean? I agree. And also another thing is I really I, – I think they are going to do this. But again, I don't know. But I really hope they do. Wrestling – has always been about, as you just said, it's been about the climb and the journey of the babyface. That's what wrestling has always been about, except in WWE. 
They're the only ones who like just threw that out. They're like, nah, screw it. We don't care. We want our babyface champion the whole time. They're the only company in the history of wrestling that has operated that way. No, to Vince, be fair, Vince is like, I want my big giant guy who's the ultimate babyface, and he's gonna always be the champion. Now he's been forced to not do that in certain parts, but right. that is one hundred percent. What Vince wants 100% of the time. That's the way he operates, but that's never been the way other wrestling companies operate. You look, that's why Ric Flair's a 16-time champion, because Mm -hmm. he was the holder of the belt. As the heel, he could cheat, he could do whatever he could to keep this thing. The babyface had to overcome all the odds and then win, but then he would get cheated out of it, like, immediately after. Like, Dusty Rhodes held the title for maybe a month total between his, like, three title reigns. Yeah, like because it wasn't, you know, it's the they don't need that. It's all the climb for the belt They're They don't need to be the ones holding the belt necessarily. And that's the way wrestling has traditionally been. And I'm right. hoping that AEW does, you know, does that. Right. Well, I think that's that's what the thing. I think they understand that. And the short term look of, oh, it is a little weird that you have an old ex WWE guy who. In, again, if you're thinking about it in kayfabe, hasn't really sniffed a world title in the WWE in a long time. True. Comes in and immediately wins your world title. In the short term, that's a weird look. But in the long term, it gives them the ability to tell better stories, which is right. what it's all about anyway. But, right. okay, in Vince's defense, I get that that's annoying for us, especially now. It did make him just a truckload of money and oh, give sure. him basically a monopoly on the wrestling business. Like sure, I understand sure. why he wants to keep going back to that because that was the most successful he's ever been. You're not wrong. So I understand it, but I, I agree. It usually doesn't work. It's rare, especially now because everyone just really friggin' loved Hulk Hogan. That doesn't right. really – nobody sustains that level of popularity anymore. No, That's the biggest reason it doesn't Well, work. nobody did it then. Like nobody's ever done it like that. Like yeah. nobody's ever been that ever, and I don't think we'll ever see anything that big ever again. I mean it's no, just – that, that was just a one in sure. a million perfect yeah. scenario. Yeah, for sure. Um. Anyway, so that's the show pretty much, and uh, there was a couple of pre-show matches which I didn't watch. Um, I just watched the the main show, so sorry if if you're mad that we didn't. We didn't even that. talk about this a full hour. I'm so proud of us. Yeah, it's pretty good. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's the uh, that's our recap of AEW's All Out to go with the one million six hundred eighty three other AEW All Out recaps. Um, mm-hmm. We just had to throw ours into the pile. And uh, otherwise, we're not a real wrestling podcast, so we That's right. know, we we have to keep up our quota of certain things that we have to talk about. So that'll do it for this part of the episode. And of course, this is going to be two part episode. This is our recap, and then we also will have our real episode for this week. So it's up at the same time. So just go and click on over to part two which is our weird and very bizarre history of wrestling topic, um, which is coming up for this week. So go ahead, take a listen to that.